Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. Unholy living comes with the risk of hurting people. Hurting people. Sometimes, you know what, we find ourselves in a relationship with somebody, and we know it's not going nowhere, so why are you still sleeping with them? Why are you still stringing them along? Let them go. That's somebody's husband. That's somebody's wife that you're taking as your own. So if you know that they're not the one, definitely let them go. And bless them in Jesus' name. Respect them that much. See, the problem is that we're taking advantage of each other in the house. Ooh, girl, you're fine. Mm-hmm. You're like, <laughs> you're not too bad looking yourself. And we don't, but we're not respecting each other. We're not respecting each other's boundaries. We're not respecting each other's beliefs and morals. We're not. And that's an issue. We got to step up our game, y'all. We have to say, you know what? I respect you enough to say after 12 o'clock, you got to leave my room. Because you know what? I don't trust myself. Oh, maybe, maybe I was the only one, Sister Deborah. See, when I was dating, pastor had to get, bye, pastor. You, I see you tomorrow. I was grown in my 20s. I was grown. I was living on my own. Hello. But at 12 o'clock, the pumpkin turns. Woo! And I had to say, you got to go. My defenses are down right now, so you have to leave. And we're human, and we have to know our limitations. And he respected me enough to go, all right, I'll see you tomorrow, sister Alverna. That's still your sister, that's still your brother until you say, I do. No ringy, no dingy. Come on, y'all. That's it. But we have to respect each other. And sometimes we don't realize how we're disrespecting each other. I'm like, you know you can do it. Ain't nobody going to know but us. Stop lying. God is watching. And you know what? The cat's going to be out the bag after the Lord said, you need to stop. You're pushing the envelope. You really need to stop. And you don't. And that's when things start really showing. What's done in darkness will come to the, come on, they'll come to the light. So we have to make sure that we're really and honestly not putting ourselves in that position where we're hurting people. Get to know them. You know what? Go out. Have a cup of coffee. I'm not saying you can't have a cup of coffee. You know, dating is about getting data. Get some data. See him in some different environments. Listen, I was talking to a girlfriend, and, and I was like, oh, man. I, I'm like, Lord, really, I pray for her strength. Because at this point in time, I said, did, but did you, you know, at this point, you know, she's going through a rocky moment in her marriage. And I said, did you see him in different environments? 
She said, no. She said, that's something that the Lord said, I need to do more research. Do more research on that person who said that they're interested in you, boo. If they really and honestly don't want to take the time to get to know you, then that's not the one. If they can't respect your boundaries, that's not the one. If they can't respect the fact that you say good night after a certain time, that's not the one. If you say stop and they keep going, that might just not be the one. Because you know what? It's the people that we trust a lot of times that ends up date raping us. I'm going to talk about it. But because we really don't know who they are, we end up finding that they're really monsters after we're both behind closed doors. That's something you don't want to know behind closed doors. That's something you want to know in public. Keep him, keep him and her in public spaces first. And if you realize that the vibe they're giving off is a little bit too sensual, tell them they need to tone it down. And if they don't tone it down, then say, I'm out. Deuces. Happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Whenever I see you, I see you. Don't call me. Hello. Come on. That's the real deal. Because what happens is, see, when we talk about waiting, unholy living also causes us to lose God's blessing. Can you risk the anointing that God has on your life? Can you risk the call that God has on your life? Can you risk the places he wants to take you? Can you risk your future family? Can you risk the one that he really has for you who's really going to love on you and not abuse you? Can you take a risk losing that? I say no. And I tell you, I had a list of things, and I said, Lord, I want him like this, 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 mm-hmm, Lord, and I want him like this. And let me tell you what God did. God didn't give me what I wanted. He gave me what I needed. What I needed. Because what I wanted was a muscle head. That's what my husband called him, a muscle head. He met some of my boyfriends. He was like, oh, my God, you chose that? For real? Tell me you did not choose him. And I'm like, mm, yeah, kind of did. He, you know, he had it going on physically, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know what was going on up there. Don't, 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 don't choose a muscle head. Choose someone who's really going to care for you, who's going to be affectionate towards you, who's going to love you for you. You know what I'm saying? Who's going to take you out? And not say you got to pay me back. Or slide you the bill. Now, I'm not saying once in a while, you know, you, 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 know, you go 50-50. That's fine. I did 50-50, and I still do sometimes. You know, sometimes I say, Pastor, this is my date night. I do it. But when you find that you paying the check all the time, you got to ask yourself, okay, my brother, when you going to get a job? Hello, who's dating who? Woohoo! Gotta check. Gotta ask those questions. You know, because the thing is, you're losing out on God's blessings. You're wasting God's resources. 
alone. And that person might not even be appreciating what you're doing. Turn around and blame you for everything that's going wrong in their life. What? You better give them the boot and give her the boot. Don't let her be a gold digger. Always putting put in your pocket. So, where are we going today? Wherever you're paying, that's where we're going. So, there's a balance. There's a balance. If the person's really not going to appreciate you for you, let them go. Let them go. Don't lose God's blessings. Don't waste God's blessings on them. Don't compromise your integrity. Don't compromise the effectiveness that the ministry God has for you. Your ministry is effective. When you allow God to come in and purify you and purge you, you may have messed up already. That's all right. God's grace is sufficient. He'll restore you brand new. Brand new. They'll be like, what happened to her? Brand new. She's looking real good nowadays. I don't know. She ain't sleeping with Jack no more. No. She's brand new. What stuff she taking? Jesus. He's been loving on me, and I know I'm loved. You can say I love you all you want, but guess what? I won't be showing up at your dorm room no more. I'll meet you in the calf. But you know, ungodly living comes with risks, risk of future pains. And the thing about it is that you don't want to have to explain to somebody else the, the, the baby that you had or didn't have, you know, or the, the, the man who looks at you and says, man, I, I love you, or the girl who said, man, I thought you were mine, but you got locked up with the wrong person. And now you're stuck. Stuck. Can't go nowhere. Can't do nothing. And the person who always had eyes for you, a heart for you, is standing there, disappointed. Shut out. Because you've given yourself to somebody else. God gives second chances, but not everyone is granted with the grace or wants to take another man's child into their home. Or another woman competing against that other person who you once loved or first loved. They don't always want to hear the story about how y'all been together and where you went and what you did. They don't want to hear that. Oh, but she did it this way. Why you can't do it that way? Because I ain't her. Come on. Come on. But these are the things that we risk when we don't wait. So today I challenge you, wait. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. I beckon you today to wait. The second thing, second reason why you should wait is because I know that a lot of you want to honor God. You say, Lord, I really want to do it right. I want to do it right, Lord. I love you. But, here goes the myth. But, Lord, I think I'm old enough. 
and I'm ready to explore now. Age has nothing to do with purity. Has nothing to do with readiness. It's about commitment. If you're ready to make a commitment to a man or a woman at the age of 20, to have and to hold in sickness and in health, then you're ready to seal the deal. If you're 40 and you're not ready to do that, you're not ready to seal the deal. I don't care how old you are. You're not ready to commit, so you're not ready to consummate. And so a lot of times we get caught up in those lies. You know, everybody's doing it. I, I, I feel like I'm old enough now and two consenting adults. So if you're adults, then make a commitment. Make a forever commitment. And then go from there. Don't put the car before the horse. Don't procreate before you consecrate. Don't have some recreation before the consecration. Have the consecration first. So that it's not annulled. The union is not annulled. And so we look at Ephesians 5. We go there. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 3. And today I believe that we're saying to God, God, I don't want to go outside of marriage and be out of order. But I want to do things according to your order today. And so Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 reads as thus. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are, what's the word? Improper. For God's Holy people. God calls you holy today. If you've given your life to him today, if you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, God calls you holy today. Because that's his standard for us, to be holy. He said, be holy for I am holy. And so to do these things, to, to, to flirt with the whole idea of being sexually immoral is improper. Improper means unbecoming, indecent inappropriate, unacceptable. It's offensive to God and to those around you. It's shocking. It shocks those who say, but wait, I thought you loved God. What happened? It's rude because you know what's right, but you don't do it. It's indecent. It's reprehensible. It's dishonest. But most of all, it's just straight up Wrong. God wants you to raise your standards today. State your standard to, in, to the individuals that you want to pursue a relationship with. Tell them what you're about. Don't hide it. Tell them what your values are. Tell them what your morals are. 
Don't be like, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. So, you know, show you. You don't want to go back to the room. I don't know. No, I don't. No, as a matter of fact, I got some studying to do tonight. But, you know, if you want to stand outside and talk, we can talk outside. I make some time. But if you want to go back to your room, I'll see you tomorrow. You have to be honest with yourselves. Ain't nobody else there watching but God. And a lot of times if there isn't a physical person, most likely you won't get physical. That's real. Because there's chemistry. If you're a man and you got a woman in a room and you think I'm handsome and you think I'm doing something, something's going to go down. It might not go down today. It might not go down tomorrow. But it's going to go down one day. Know that. It's real. So state your standards up front. Stand for what you believe in. Be a student of godly relationships. Again, don't string anybody along. Avoid sexual immorality at all cost. All cost. I always remember Joseph. And some people would laugh at that story about when Pharaoh's wife came. And wanted to sleep with Joseph. I mean, she wanted him so bad, she grabbed his rope. I mean, that woman was burning. Come on now. She wanted him. I mean, she grabbed on to him like, boy, where you going? Come here. My husband won't be back for a while. He won't even know. It's just me and you. But Joseph knew that he had a covenant with God. Above Pharaoh, he said, I have a covenant with God. I will not defy my God. And I promise I would not touch you. I gave my word. I gave my word to my king. I will not touch you. He said, I could have everything else, but you, I cannot touch. And so the question is, are we being people of our words today? Are we being honest with God and with each other? Or are we just saying things just to be saying it? Because it sounds good. Because it just makes us feel good. Like we're kind of sort of doing something. Which one is it? But I tell you, I I take that story so seriously that if I sense a hint of lust, I'm running in the next direction. Like Joseph, I put on my Nikes and I run. And let me tell you something. It's not only when you're single that you got to run. You got to run when you're married. You got to keep running for your life and for your marriage and for your children and for your future. You got to keep running. Because if you don't run, it will overtake you. Passion is fierce. And it can overwhelm you. And it can suck you in. If you're not careful. It's real. Very real. And a lot of people who love God are passionate people. We're passionate in our worship. We're passionate for uh, those we love. We're passionate in the things that we do. So you got to put your Nikes on and say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to be passionate about this. I'm going to be passionate about God and run. You got to run in your mindset. Running in your mindset means 
ain't going to look at him. He just got on a bus in my car. I wonder what his name is. Don't ask him his name. Don't even let him think that you're interested. You look the other way. Because you know for a fact that that's not the one for you. You know that's just eye candy for a minute. Look good. May even smell good. But when you bite into it, it may not taste good. And that's real. You know, we were sharing at the Couples Fellowship last night. And um, I, I said to them, I said, you know, you... You know, we, we come we come clean because that's how we help each other out. And, um, you know, <laughs> I had an experience where I got on a bus one day. And you know the enemy knows your flavor, right? I just want, I just want to put that out there. And so, um, and this didn't happen once. It happened more than once. It happened about two to three times. So one guy got on the bus. And he sat like right across from me. And I was like, okay, well, cool, whatever. So I'm listening to my music. Hey. I turn my eyes and I realize he's staring dead at me. And I'm like, hmm. okay. All right, look up, look up. Hey. Oh, yeah. I love my husband. I did not want to give him a hint that I was interested. Was he handsome? Yes, he was. If I wasn't married, would I be interested? Yes, I would be. But guess what? I have a feeling that boy don't love God. He'd probably be like, who's Jesus? Okay? And I'm not going to find out whether he knows Jesus or not. I don't want to know. I'm not even going to entertain it. But you know what? We have to be honest with ourselves. You have to know you. If you know when you look at him, you may wink or something, keep looking the other way. Especially if you know that the person don't love God like you do. Because guess what? That's called being unequally yoked. And so as a result, what's going to happen is, He's going to tell you his philosophy, and you're going to tell him what the Bible says. And then it's going to be like, what you mean by that? And then before you know it, the enemy, you know the enemy knows how to take the word of God and twist it, right? And so who would twist it and be like, well, what you mean? But it's not good for man to be alone. See what I'm saying? He didn't quote the whole passage and all that, you know, didn't talk about commitment. But it's just not good for man to be alone. You know, we got needs. A brother got needs, pastor. A sister got needs. Take your need to Jesus. And talk about it with him. He said, come, let us reason together. Come. Come. Because the thing about it is that God has designed us in such a way that we want to be loved. And we need to love ourselves, others. 
but we could be drawn away by lust. It's called youthful lust. If we are not careful, we'll mix up lust with love. See, lust keeps yearning and wanting. It's never satisfied. Whereas with love, it's affectionate and it's tender and it's kind and it's, it adores. But what happens is, in the midst of our emotions getting involved, we, get, we begin to complicate the two. And so you want to be very clear on your standards and you want to make sure that as you're articulating them, that if you are in a relationship with someone serious, that you do get a mentor who will be able to keep both of you accountable. And if you're not in a serious relationship, you say, Pat, I'm available, I'm single, that's fine. Keep looking good, keep taking care of yourself. And guess what? He who finds a, a wife finds a, a good thing. Be that good thing. Learn how to be that good thing. Become that good thing. Become that wife. Allow God to make you into that wife. And you begin to pray for the husband that he's going to give you. Hello. Praying is that's not, Lord, I can't. I have an exam tomorrow, Lord, and I want to pass it. Father, just bring everything back to my remembrance in Jesus' name. Lord, I have a problem today. No. God is concerned about your future. So if you're interested in marriage, start praying about that person. If you're not interested in marriage, guess what? Start praying about the circle of friends that God will put around you to keep you secure and stable and sound. Whatever, it, whatever situation you, you decide, Lord, this is what my desire is, put it before God. I was praying at the age of 16 for my husband and for my family. I was praying that my husband would love the Lord above me. Because I knew that if he would love God, he would definitely love me. I didn't want him to love me more than God because then I'd become an idol. Get what I'm saying? I, 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 no, 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 no. You could talk about me, baby, but talk about Jesus more. Because you know what? Late in the midnight hour, it's him who's he's going to turn it around for you. I can't turn things around for you. I can't even change myself more. Let's change you. And so a lot of times what happens is we, we, we make ourselves the center of somebody else's world. And so when the unrealistic expectations come, then we want to explode and be like, what you talking about? Listen, I can't be your everything. No kidding. God should be the everything. And so when you have fellowship with God, you'll be able to have fellowship with one another. Because God would check you on some things. He would check you when, when, when you're not spending enough time with your mate. He would check you when it's time for you to spend some time alone. He would check you. And say, that wasn't right. You need to go and apologize. Because you know you don't live in the bedroom, right, when you get married. Y'all know we don't live in the bedroom, right? We have to leave the bedroom and go to work and... Oh, oh, okay, all right, all right. I just want to make sure y'all know that, you know, because, you know, people get married and they think about just the sex part, just the divorce, and they think that's, that's it. Now, we can have it all we want, but they have no idea. There's challenges that come with that, Sister Deborah. They don't realize that you still have to, what happens when you go to work and you're tired and you come home? You really think you're going to be excited like that? You're all right. Call me when you get married. 
Now we can have some real conversations. There's something exciting about when someone says you can't. It's almost like a dick. Oh, you said I can't? All right, I'm going to show you. I can't. But the minute that you say you can, it's the minute they get uninterested. Oh, I know I can. Yeah, okay. All right, I can have that. Thanks. Sit in the box. Sit on the table. It's been sitting for months. It's been sitting for weeks. But let that person tell you, you can have it, and you're going to find the money to get it. That's the way it is also with your spouse, with sex. When you can't have it, that's when you really want it. But then when you can't have it, that's when you're just like, all right, salad. I guess it is what it is. And you forget about it. But keep in mind, get a mentor. Let someone hold you accountable if you're in a relationship. It's going to protect you from pitfalls. It really will. And I guarantee you, when, that, when you think about that person, your girlfriend in your head, or, or you, you know, your boy in your head, and you're like, he's going to ask me tomorrow what happened. What am I going to tell him? What am I going to tell her? It'll make you think twice. We had an accountability couple. When we were actually dating, well, courting. We were courting. We had a couple that we looked up to. They asked some challenging questions. Down to our wedding day. Y'all sure? Sure you want to do this? You know it's not too late, right? I know people are there, but you, you sure you want to do this? On our wedding day, that question was asked. And I thank God for that accountability couple because we looked up to them. And you know what? There were so many lessons that we drew from them, things to do and things not to do. And so if you, have, if you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you say, you know what, their relationship looks successful and it's godly, then you know what? Begin to pray. Begin to pray about you, where you are right now. And be honest with yourself and be honest with God and be honest with whoever that accountability person is. And they will help you. They will walk you through your journey. Amen? Amen. Journalize. The process as you're on this journey. Don't just let things fly by. Journalize your commitment. Journalize about your future. Put it on paper. Watch God do it. Put the frustrations down. Put the joyful moments down. Put it all down. The milestones, put them down. Because when you look back, you want to be able to say, God, you did it. Maybe not the way I expected it, you did it anyway. And when you're able to do that, then you really feel a connection with God. That's when you, your faith will begin to arise. And you say, if God can do this, God can do that, then he can definitely do this for me. If he did that for so-and-so and he did that for so-and-so, he could definitely do it for me. Use it as a faith builder today. So journalize your experience. And last but not least, why wait? Why wait? Because I respect myself. Not only because there are risks, not only because I honor God, but I really respect myself. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, one of the myths that, that I came across, and uh, it reminds me of Bobby, Bobby Brown, actually. And um, I know 
Whitney passed away, I think yesterday was announced. But um, Bobby Brown actually talked about, well, I should say sang the song in like the 1990s or was it the 80s? Is it 90s? Okay. It's my prerogative. Uh-uh. Do what you want to do. It's my prerogative. Y'all know about that? It was the 80s, right? Yeah, it's the big pants. Oh, yeah, hammer time. That's when he did the, oh, oh, yes. You know, but a lot of times the myth is, you know what, it's my body. I could do whatever I want to do with my body, you know. And so it, it's that attitude of it's my prerogative. I do what I want to do, you know. And that's a worldly mindset because the thing about it is, yes, you could do whatever you want to do, but if you really want to do it God's way, and receive God's blessings, there is an order to that. You can't do what you want to do and expect God's blessings. It doesn't work that way. God is not a genie. There's order in God's kingdom. So make sure that when you say, okay, God, I give myself away to you, that you really mean it. Because if you do what God does not want you to do, then he's not going to bless you. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 7 says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Again, there goes that sexual immorality again. That each of you should learn to control your own body. I want you to underline, learn to control your own body and avoid sexual immorality. In a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of his brother or sister. The Lord will punish those who commit such sins. As we told you and warned you before, for God did not call us to be pure, impure, excuse me, he does call you to be pure, but God did not call you to be impure, but to live a holy life. So I want you to underline those three things. Avoid sexual immorality. Number two, learn to control your own body. And number three, live a holy life. Those are three things that would help you to avoid the next five things that I'm going to tell you. Because without God's strength, you're going to find yourself falling into these pitfalls over and over again. So number one, first thing to avoid is runway modeling. Pastor, what you mean? Don't let him buy you no lingerie, ladies. And then want to see how it looks. There's another intention in mind. Okay? No runway modeling. Okay? One of the things that, uh, and gentlemen, the same thing. Buy a little bra shirt, you know. Can you take your shirt off? I just want to see. Let me see your muscles. You know what? If I'm in the gym and you catch me, wonderful. But I'm not stripping for you. Okay? I'm not taking nothing off. Keep it on, keep it on, keep it on. Okay? No runway modeling. And, you know, I'm just going to put a little insert here. Um, I actually was blessed by an interview that was done this week 
I believe it was done this week, um, by Kylie, what's her name? Uh, she's actually, a, a, she was a runway model for um, Victoria's Secret. And um, she actually became a believer. Um, Bisuti. Bisuti. I think that's how she pronounced her name. Okay, Kylie Bisuti. And um, basically she was newly married in like around 2009 when she got into modeling for Victoria's Secret. She was doing their line and everything. And, um, you know, her husband was very supportive of her. She actually became kind of like the top model, supermodel um, for Victoria's Secret. And so in 2011, 2012, she actually declined and said, I cannot model for you anymore. And the question was like, why? You know, she wasn't expecting this to be this big, actually. You know, she was like, you know, they were like, why? Why don't you want to? I mean, this is Victoria's Secret. You know, you're an angel. Um, and she said, because the more I study the word of God, the more convicted I got about modeling lingerie and bikinis um, on the runway. And she said, you know, my conviction, she said, my husband didn't help me to come to this conclusion. This is the conclusion I came to by myself. And she said, you know, the Lord really convicted me and showed me that I was not honoring my husband by doing that. And I was like, wow, I mean, you don't hear this often at all, you know. And it was such a blessing because she said, you know, one of the things that was revolutionary for her was the moment when she was sitting in the mirror and she was getting ready to do a show and her niece, who was about eight or nine years old, was staring at her. And she actually opened up and she said, I want to be, you know, she was putting on her makeup and her, her niece actually, or, you know, the little young, lady, young girl said to her, um, I want to be beautiful like you. And she said that hurt her so deep that she would think that she had to look like her to be beautiful. And I was like, wow, God, you know. But here's a young woman who realizes that her actions are affecting generations to come. Those who are around her, it affects their perspective on themselves and others. And so she didn't mean that. She was just doing what she wanted to do. You know, this is her career. She's modeling. And so she said, you know, she said, at this point in my life, she said, I'm not going to stop modeling altogether. She said, but I'm going to model things that are more wholesome. Hmm. And I was, I was really touched by that because a lot of times we don't realize how what we do today will affect us in the future. And so here we have an actual runway model saying, I'm willing to switch fields in terms of my, in, in my career so that people would get the right message rather than the wrong message. She started feeling hypocritical based on what the word of God was speaking to her. And so the question is, what are your convictions? What are some of your convictions? You know, yes, we, yes. Avoid runway modeling. We want to do that. But also you have to make sure that you're avoiding the strip poker. Don't get a deck of cards out talking about let's have some fun. Because that fun is going to lead to something else. You know, leave the money in your pocket because you know you're going to need it for lunch the next day. Hello. Hello. And keep your clothes on because you know that it's not going to lead to a place that's going to be godly. 
that it won't be that won't be honoring to God or respectful to yourself. So keep the clothes on. Avoid the strip poker. Avoid playing house. Well, you know, I just want I don't know, you know, I just want to make sure that it's going to be good when I get married. Trust me, you don't have to test the waters. If you if you have the chemistry in terms of communication, if you both love God, trust me, the Lord is the creator of this thing, and he will blow your mind. It's like fine wine. It gets better with time. You don't have to try the waters. You know how to say, say no to drugs? Say no to sex before marriage. Say no. Everybody say no. All right, let me see if you get your Say no. All right, this side got it together now. I'm, work, I'm still working on this, this side, this side, this side. Now, for the married couples, married couples, you're just going to say no to the adulterous woman and the adulterous man. That's what you say no to. But for the single, no to sex before marriage. Everybody say no. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, no. You got to practice that word. We say yes sometimes too much. Sometimes you got to say no. All right now, Romans 6.13 says, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. You want to be an instrument of righteousness today. You don't want to be an instrument that the enemy would use to rob someone else of their future experience. Or yourself. Sometimes we rob ourselves. We don't even need the enemy. We we do it ourselves. The enemy is sitting by going, man, you're doing a fine job. Better than what I could even think of. Man, I wish I thought of that. So we just have to make sure that we're not offering ourselves as instruments of wickedness, but rather instruments of righteousness. Allow God to use our hands, our feet, our bodies to bring his name glory in whatever form that he so desires. Second, the last thing, technical virginity. Pastor, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. Okay, but if you lust after a woman or a man, okay, if the intention in your heart went beyond, wow, she's a beautiful young lady. Man, he's handsome. If your intentions went beyond that, you have just committed adultery. I'm going to say that again. If your intentions went beyond, man, you know, my sister's beautiful. That's my brother. Man, you know, he's a fine young man. If it goes beyond that and you're undressing the person, you've committed the sin. It's almost You've already slept with them in your mind and in your heart. You welcomed them in. You have just created a connection. An unhealthy connection that was not there before. Beware of that. Matthew 5, 28 says, Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So we have to remember, ask ourselves, what is the intention when we're looking at our brothers and our sisters? Is the intention to really get to know them or is the intention just to sleep with them? What is the intention? Because God does not want us to 
put ourselves into a place where we're compromising our faith or compromising our self-respect or compromising God getting the honor out of our lives. So whether it's technical through the television screen or, you know, uh, video games. Some of the video games nowadays are ridiculous. You know, and if, if, if you're playing something and you're getting aroused, there's a problem. You need to shut that thing down. Okay? Because I'm, I'm serious. Let me tell you something. I was, I, I was, you know how some people uh, read, the, read the romantic novels and they're really addicted? The addiction comes because there's, there's an arousing that happens when you start reading those, some of those scenes. You get what I'm saying? And it's like, ooh. And all of a sudden, you start sweating yourself. Ooh. Yeah. Come on. Come on now. You know, you got, you got to watch some of that stuff. I had to wean myself off some of the romantic movies. I'm a romantic woman. I, hey, you know what? Let me shut that down because every time, ooh. Sometimes I go PG. Y'all laugh at me. Go ahead. I go PG. And I go PG for a specific reason because in the bedroom, I don't want to see anybody else's faces but my husband. You understand? I don't want to be comparing him to anybody else. So I'll go PG. Yes, that's right. I'll laugh with my nieces and my nephews. <laughs> yes. I'll be in the children's club for a minute. Okay? I'll I, I come back to the adult club, you know, but I, I, I will stay in the children's club if I have to. Because my purity and my anointing and my call is important to me. I can't afford to lose that. And most of all, I can't afford to lose my love and my relationship with God and my husband, a man who loves me. I can't afford to lose that. So I can't afford to open any doorways to the enemy. So you know what? If you want to call me corny, call me corny. I'll be corny, but I have a successful marriage. Call me corny, but you know what? I'm going to have my relationship with God. Call me corny. Guess what? I'm going to have be sane. I'm going to have a peace of mind. I'm going to have security. In Jesus. So I'll be corny if that's what you call it. I'll create the club if I have to. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, it's 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 real. It's real. Don't be afraid what other people might say to you. You know, even with the tonsil hockey. You know, y'all need chill on that. Chill on the tonsil hockey. You know what I'm saying? We, we, hey, you, you don't have to breathe the same thing he breathed and eat the same thing he just ate. You know, mm, calm down on the tonsil hockey. All right? The, the, okay, so, okay, some of y'all decide to go to France and you decide to speak French and you really don't know the language. All right, so the French kissing and the, oh, just getting deep. Deep throat. That's what we call it, the deep throat. You, mm, you watch, watch out for that. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and, and, and you know, it might scare some of you and might be a good thing. But some sexually transmitted diseases are actually passed orally. And one of those is herpes. So, you know, you, you, you might see, you know, you might decide, well, you know, kissing ain't going to hurt nobody. Yes, it can hurt you. And it can cost you your future. It can. 
So don't think that you're doing something just innocent. Pastor, I just, I just kissed him. What's wrong with that, Pastor? Just be careful. You've you got to be careful with the tonsil hockey because that's saliva. Those are enzymes. Things are being exchanged. Might not be as great a fluid that's being exchanged, but things are being exchanged. You know, and, 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 and that, that's not, and if you're doing it with everybody that you're dating, there's a problem. Because you don't know who they also had tonsil hockey with. So that means that you may be kissing one person, but you're really kissing five. Yeah. yeah okay. A little gross, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you're offering up your body as an instrument of righteousness. Remember, as you're fleeing from sexual immorality, 1 Corinthians 6, 13 through 20 says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually against, sins against his own body, sins sexually, sins against his own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So that whole myth of, it's my body, do whatever I want to do. No, it's God's body. He created it. It's his vessel. And if you gave your life to God, that's his vessel. It's like his church. You are his church. You are the body of Christ. You are his body. You are his bride. So whatever you do, guess what? He has a say-so on it. He has a right to say, this is mine. So you need to find out what God has to say. And he says that your body is not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies today. God wants us to function in the fullness of his creation. He wants us to wait because there are so many risks, as you can tell. Do your research yourself. I'm not lying to you about the stats that I that shared today. Do the research. Unholy living comes with risks. Why wait? Because guess what? I really and honestly believe that you want to honor God. And so if today you're saying, Pastor, you know what? I, I, I respect myself, you know, but I keep falling into sin. Pastor, I want to honor God, but I keep falling into sin. Pastor, I, you know, there, there's some temptations that are out there, and I feel like it's sucking me in. I challenge you to recommit your life to the Lord today. Recommit your sexual identity to Christ today. Because guess what? The enemy is trying to mess with some of our minds today. You know, well, every, guess what? Every, all men are dogs, honey. All men are dogs. And so you start thinking, well, you know, may, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm looking the other way because all men are dogs. And maybe, you know, somebody else like me would know how I'm feeling. Identity crisis. That's not the will of God for you. God created Adam and he took Eve from his side. He took the time to fashion her for him. And so if today your desire is to have a mate, you bring that request before God. And, it, and, and you know what? If you say, Pastor, I want to recommit myself to the Lord, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm desiring to wait on the Lord, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm just going to ask you to stand. This is, this is a moment when you get bold. It's not a moment where you look around and say, anybody else standing? But if you say, Pastor, I want to I recommit myself to the Lord. 
I want to give myself wholly to God. I want to honor God with my body. I want to totally respect myself. I know what's out there. Just stand with me. I'm standing for truth. I'm standing for righteousness. It doesn't matter what you did last night. If you really say, Pastor, I I, I really want to do this thing and I want to do it right. Stand with me. And if that's something that you're still struggling with and and you're like, okay, Pastor, I'm not ready just yet, guess what? We're going to pray and we're going to ask God to give you the strength and the grace to make that commitment. Because it's real. This is not just something that you're going to battle today, but this Goliath is going to show up also later on. Even after you get married, this Goliath will show up. But we want to make sure that you're solidified, that you're, you're standing your ground, that you're sound and that you have truth to stand on. So when Goliath comes, you have stones to throw at him and defeat him. So we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You can play that song. It's worth it today. It's worth it. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for those who are standing. We thank you, Lord God, for your truth. Lord, it was a hard truth. We laugh together, Lord God, but we know, Lord, that the enemy knows our flavor, and we don't want to be ignorant of the devil's devices. So, Father, today we we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would just touch us, anoint us afresh. Anoint us afresh, Lord God. I'm going to ask you to come on the sides. Those of you who are standing, come on the sides. We're going to pray for you. I'm going to set you apart today. The pastors as well. We're going to set you apart today. We're going to seal the deal on your life. I take this seriously. We're going to seal the deal on your life. Because the enemy is going to come. But the word of God says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And I want you to get in your word this week. And I want you to study it. I want you to begin to memorize the scriptures on what it says about being sexually pure. Because I'm telling you right now, the enemy is going to come at you. And I'm telling you this because all week long he's been battling me. I'm telling you that because, you know what, I didn't even put the links together, Sister Yolanda, until yesterday when I realized this guy getting on the bus constantly was a part of this. But God is with you. Lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And even in moments when when you say, Lord, why am I even bothering? Why am I doing this, Lord? I don't think I can make it. I want you to remember that it's worth it. It's worth it's worth your future. Sometimes it might not make sense to you. But I want you to know that God is with you. And he'll take you through it. So we're going to pray.